0: Yes, indeed, ladies and gentlemen, a little bit of inner Sandman to get us going here on the ET Considers Everything podcast for Monday, March 30th, 2020, the final Monday in March. And ladies and gentlemen, we have a fun, action-packed show for you today. On the show, we'll be talking about my um, former backyard wrestling company known as UCWA with my good friends um, and talking about the entrance videos that the uh, former owner of UCWA and the founder of UCWA, Logan Price, has created. We'll be talking about that with all of the uh, meanings behind them and how uh, he decided to do that venture to help give the fans some content during this coronavirus epidemic. We'll also be talking about my top five all-time WrestleMania main events that went on last at WrestleMania. I feel like this is a very appropriate topic as we enter the final week before Wrestlemania, Wrestlemania 36 will be taking place this weekend on the WWE Network from the WWE Performance Center in Orlando and several closed set locations as well, and it was uh, pre-taped here uh, about a week ago, and um, it's definitely going to be a lot of fun to see what they have come up with for this Wrestlemania, so I'll touch on that a little bit with some of the matches. and give you my top five all-time WrestleMania main events, and then talk about some in the sports world as well, about what's been going on there and how it's going to affect the uh, sports world moving forward. So a lot to get to on this podcast, ladies and gentlemen. Stay with us. More of the ET Considers Everything podcast coming up here after this quick commercial break. Thanks for joining us today on this beautiful Monday afternoon here in Southwest Virginia. We're back here on the ET Considers Everything podcast for Monday, March 30th, 2020. At this time, I'd like to go ahead and discuss the entrance videos that my good friend and former founder of UCWA, founder of UCWA Logan Price, has created. And I have to say, uh, Logan has done an amazing job creating all these entrance videos for his wrestling superstars in SVBW now, Southwest Virginia Backyard Wrestling, and in ACBW, American Championship Backyard Wrestling. And it's a lot of fun to see how these companies have branched off. Um, For UCWA, there's four entrance videos, and for ACBW, there's four entrance videos. Uh, The most notable for um, UCWA entrance videos, now SVBW, are the Dark Wolf, Logan Price, the Black Rose, Nicole Little, and uh, William, the uh, Tiger Jackson. He's still on there as well with us. And then for ACBW, the major entrances are the legend, Bobby Rudder, Hunter Becker, and the beast, Dustin Little. Now, a lot of work was put into this project by my good friend, Logan Price. And I have to say, He done an amazing job creating these videos. I told him as soon as I sent them up, I went and watched every single one of them. And it was truly amazing to see all the work he put into them with logos and with sound effects. And just with everything that he wanted to put into the videos, there was a lot of editing work there done by Logan Price. And I give him a ton of credit for that. And I I have to say that it's been a lot of fun to see Logan be back in his element, be back into creating these entrance videos, coming up with match ideas, coming up with promos that he loves to shoot on. And just to, you know, talk about wrestling is something that Logan has always been very passionate about. Since me and him have met and talked to each other, having our uh, three-year friendship with each other, And still talking on Facebook now, not getting to see each other in person much anymore due to the uh, time distance between us. Logan and I understand the value of a friendship. And we know that as long as we have each other to talk to and have each other to bounce ideas off of, that that is more important than anything in this world. And I told him, I said, I'll try to help out SVBW in any way that I can because I was the general manager of UCWA last year, the precursor to what is now SVBW. And I was very proud to hold that role for several months, and I decided to step down as the general manager of SVBW going into my retirement match. I told Logan, I said, it's not right for me to be the general manager of SVBW, uh, UCWA at the time, Uh, entering that match I felt like it was only right for me to uh, step down from that role and give it to somebody else that I felt like was the rightful man to take the uh, general manager role in UCWA at the time and ultimately decided to give that role as the uh, UCWA general manager to um, the black sheep Mikey Reedy. Now Mikey Reedy Ultimately decided that uh, this position wasn't as good as what he thought it was going to be and he didn't want to Put in all the work that it took to do this Being a wrestler on top of doing all the general manager duties keeping everybody in line Coming up with event dates stuff like that It's not easy to do when you're a general manager and a wrestler at the same time like I was back in the day So, ultimately, he gave that responsibility to somebody that he felt was right to do it, and that was Clay Mercer. Boy, Clay Mercer, he's the perfect talker. He's uh, been in the backyard industry as long as I have, and that was the perfect guy to give it to. And then, ultimately, everything took place that um, ended our reign in UCWA, and you know, it was tough times there for a few months between Logan and I, but we knew that our friendship was much more important than ultimately backyard politics, and we decided to make up with each other. We decided to do a podcast with each other on the state of Southwest Virginia Backyard Wrestling, SVBW now, and we've done that um, at the beginning of February, and if you want to go back and listen to that nearly two-hour podcast, go right ahead. It's a wonderful podcast that uh, definitely explains a lot from Logan's end, and it gives you my end as well on why I thought the friendship between Logan and I should have never ended and where I should be in place as somebody that's like a senior consultant to SVBW now, not really helping out in booking matches or booking events, or even being there as commentary. I'm just helping out behind the scenes, giving advice to Logan on uh, who who I think should be in programs and who I think should be in title matches, you know, stuff like that. Just giving him normal advice and then helping him with scheduling uh, wrestling dates. That's, that's pretty much my role now, and I feel 100% better being retired. I knew that my last match was going to be taking place against Logan Price at Reignition 2019 at my own home here in Southwest Virginia. And we had the privilege of having the legend Bobby Rudder representing um, ACBW to be here. He's the general manager of ACBW. And uh, it was a pleasure having him here because um, Bob was actually the man that I had my first victory against in backyard wrestling. And I'll never be able to thank him enough for that because that helped give me the confidence to let me know that I can do this, that I really love competing in backyard wrestling and that I'll continue to do it as long as I can. And I did all the way up to last year. And ending my career in my own yard, getting to walk in my own house after the event was over was one of the best events that I have ever been a part of and still remains my favorite um, match that I ever done in UCWA and I'll stand by that to this day that day as a whole was my favorite day competing and helping out with UCWA now um, I know I've gone off from talking about the entrance videos that Logan made and talking about my career now but I really wanted to give you all some back context to that and just talk about what my friendship with Logan means. And Logan has been there for me during my happiest times, and he's been there for me during my toughest times, too. I've not told a lot of people this, but when I wrestled that match at uh, Rags to Riches for the UCWA Valor and World Championship in that triple threat match with Mikey Reedy, and Logan Price, I did not enter that match 100% mentally. I told Clay Mercer coming down to the event that day that I didn't know whether I was going to be able to compete or not due to my mind, mindset. I had not been sleeping well. Um, I hadn't slept well probably for the uh, three or four days previous to that. And, um, you know, there was somebody else that uh, was there for the event as well that you know at the time i thought would have been a good idea but now looking back on i don't know if it was channing still was there and him and i were the co-founders of pcw and you know there's a lot of uh beef between us in the past and i'll just leave it at that you know channing and i ultimately respect one another but do we call each other friends to this day Ultimately, I don't know the answer to that. I would would, uh, say we're just uh, acquaintances. That would be the best way to put it. I don't have him as a friend on Facebook or as a uh, follower on Twitter. So me and him are just kind of separate. But I went into the match that day not 100% mentally. Just wasn't all the way there. And I even told Logan and Mikey before that, I said, boys... I'll try to give it my best and be there for you all in this match. And ultimately, we went out and had a 20-minute World and Valor Championship match that uh, still holds up as to one, being one of the best matches in UCWA history. And I was crowned the first ever dual champion in UCWA as both the Valor and World Champion. And that moment will mean a lot to me. Ultimately, Clay Mercer would cash in his rags to riches. Briefcase that he won earlier in the day to win the Valor Championship against me after uh, hitting me with a low blow and doing a dirty deeds onto the briefcase that he had, pinning me one, two, three to win the Valor Championship. But ultimately, I had the world title still, and I made the determination at that moment. I said, uh, Logan, I, I thank you so much for this moment. It means a lot to me to win this world championship. But I'm going to vacate it because I don't feel like I can be here to defend it all the time due to the t- the travel and everything. And ultimately, he, he understood. He said, Eric, I totally understand and appreciate your sacrifice to be here for this event and making this match happen. So ultimately, I made the decision that August 25th, 2019 would be my last day as a competitor in backyard wrestling. Now, if SVBW calls on me and says, Hey, we've got a ride for you for this event. Would you like to be a commentator? Would you like to be a manager for one of our wrestlers for a match? I don't say I'll turn it down. Um, It's definitely a possibility. And something may be in the works for that later. But for right now, um, my backyard wrestling days, as far as a competitor, is concerned being over. Or over now. And... I'm so thankful for all the opportunities that I was given, not only in UCWA, but in the previous company that we were all in together, GSW, Glade Spring Wrestling, and then before that, uh, being co-founder of PCW. That meant a lot to me as well. So yes, I've had a big-time journey in backyard wrestling, there's no doubt about it. But uh, I really wanted to get on here to talk about how Logan has created these entrance videos and the effects to them. Mine is very cool. Um, When you go in to click, it's uh, behind, I think it's uh, beyond the vault or something like that, Logan had named it, and it says the Bruiser Bubba Tie entrance video. When you click on it, at the beginning, you'll hear a wildcat roar. That's for the pound wildcats, my alma mater that I graduated from. Pound High School in 2009, and it goes into Inner Sandman. And that's been my entrance song throughout my entire five-year career, with a few different songs mixed in every now and then. But Inner Sandman has always been synonymous with me in my backyard career. And Logan created a video to where the Wildcat would stay in place, the Bubba Tie would stay in place, but it would be like a background to where you can see stars just running behind. And it's very cool, just an awesome logo that Logan created. And then as soon as you get into the video, and it and it goes into the chorus of the song, that uh, changes from instead of Bubba Ty to two-time Hall of Famer, and that means that I was a UCWA Hall of Famer and a GSW Hall of Famer. And uh, Logan creating that video was absolutely amazing. And it truly meant the world to me that he done that. So, Logan, I, I truly thank you for that. Now, Logan's is pretty cool. Logan's is his Dark Wolf logo. And in the video, you can see like it's a red background and continues just going back and forth. And you can hear the wolf growl throughout the video. Now, that's a very cool effect and one that I really enjoyed a lot. Now, uh, Nicole Little's, Hers is pretty cool. Um, it's the black rose. It's a black uh, background. And hers just continues to change throughout the song as well. Like the background. and It's really cool to see. Now the Beast Dustin Little. You know his, his uh, logo is purple. And it's got the Beast in the middle. And then Dustin Little. And everything behind it. His is really cool. Hunter's has like the hazardous sign. Hunter Becker because he's the... Messiah Backyard Wrestling now. I really like that. And the legend, Bobby Rudder, his video is, uh, of course, held by Disturbed, and it's like a fiery background that Logan has created for his. And it was really cool to see and watch his video throughout. And that was very fun. And then lastly, William Jackson's video just goes into, um, you know, how his character is personified. Logan told me, um, last night when we were having a conversation about this, I told him, I said, I'm going to do a podcast about this, uh, today, which was, uh, last night at the time. I said, I'm going to do it on Monday. Um, uh, I told him, I said, um, what was your intention with all these videos? He said, my real intentions were to, uh, truly bring out who the characters were in these backyard wrest in this backyard wrestling company. And just to tell everybody about themselves with the video. And Logan done an amazing job doing that. And I can't thank him enough for that. It's really cool to see. And I just wanted to touch on that for a few minutes to start this podcast today after the open and talk about that for a little bit. So Logan, thank you for that. I really appreciate it. And you're the man, pal. And I look forward to seeing you again very soon. So that's going to end this segment. Coming up next here on the ET Considers Everything podcast, we'll talk about my top five WrestleMania main events of all time and talk about the upcoming WrestleMania 36 event that's going to be taking place at the WWE Performance Center in Orlando, Florida, coming up on Saturday and Sunday. So lots more to get to here on the ET Considers Everything podcast. Stay tuned, ladies and gentlemen. We'll be back here after this quick commercial break. Thanks for joining me today. We are back here on the ET Considers Everything podcast for Monday, March the 30th, 2020. And ladies and gentlemen, at this time, I'd like to go ahead and discuss my top five WrestleMania main events of all time. That means that the matches that went on last on the card. So... You know, main events, it has multiple meanings to it. it. could be the best match on the card, could be the last match on the card. For me, it means the last match on the card for the night. So that's what I'm going to discuss here in this segment, give you my top five all-time WrestleMania main events and why I think they should be placed in the pantheon that they're in. So lots to discuss. Let's go ahead and get going with this topic here. And we'll start off with honorable mention main events here for uh, the top 5 wrestlemania main events of all time honorable mention um the main event of wrestlemania believe it was wrestlemania 15. Yeah, we'll go with the main event of WrestleMania 15, which was the first match between The Rock and Stone Cold Steve Austin. Uh, that should give a honorable mention here simply because that match kicked off a rivalry that would span nearly four years in the World Wrestling Federation off and on and would span three WrestleManias in five years. These men definitely brought the best out of each other every time that they stepped into the ring with one another. And even the Dwayne The Rock Johnson said it on Saturday on his Instagram. He said this past Saturday that there was no bigger box office draw for the WWF in its history, I believe, than The Rock and Stone Cold Steve Austin. Now that could be argued. There's many other matches that have uh, fared off um, very strongly other than that one. But I would, I would have to agree with him. The Rock and Stone Cold really had a rivalry that none of us could really even talk about. And that was really cool. So that was very, uh, interesting to see. So an honorable mention, WrestleMania 15 rock stone cold, Steve Austin one. My other honorable mention is one that's, um, definitely overlooked in the pantheon of WrestleMania main events. And that's due to the circumstances of his, uh, personal demons after this match took place and after the death of one of the legendary wrestlers that he grew up to be friends with. Of course I'm talking about the Wrestlemania 20 main event for the World Heavyweight Championship. This would be the first time that the Wrestlemania main event would be a triple threat match for the World Heavyweight Championship. It would be the Heartbreak Kid Shawn Michaels versus the Rabid Wolverine Chris Benoit versus the game, Triple H, who was the world heavyweight champion at the time entering this match. This match is so important to go back and uh, really look at because uh, Chris Benoit had won the 2004 Royal Rumble, entering the match at number two, starting the match, and he would last down to the final two with the Big Show. It was looking as if Big Show was poised to win his first ever Royal Rumble event, and Chris Benoit would... uh, tire him down, suplex him over the top rope after him hanging on the apron, and Benoit would win the 2004 Royal Rumble event. Now, it was going to be very interesting to see which championship he would go after. Would he go after the WWE Championship, which was held by Brock Lesnar at the time, or would he go after the World Heavyweight Championship, which was held by Triple H at the time? Ultimately, he decided to go after the World Heavyweight Championship held by Triple H, but Shawn Michaels and Triple H at that same Royal Rumble event tore the house down in a last-man-standing match that ended in a draw. And Raw co-general manager at the time stole Cold Steve Austin said, Yes, Shawn Michaels, you've earned a rematch for the World Heavyweight Championship, but it can't be at WrestleMania. Well, Shawn Michaels took matters into his own hand. He sweet chin music. Chris Benoit, um, while they were getting ready to do the contract signing for Chris Benoit and Triple H, and uh, HBK signed his name on the contract, and that made it a triple threat match for the World Championship between Triple H, Shawn Michaels, and Chris Benoit. Now, we've all seen how this match would end before. Shawn Michaels would go for a sweet chin music on Chris Benoit, and Benoit would move out of the way, reverse it, tossing Shawn Michaels over the top rope to the floor. Triple H would go for a pedigree with his face bloodied and everything, iconic shot. Uh, Benoit would reverse it into the cross face, and it uh, was looking as if uh, Triple H was going to get to the ropes. But Benoit would reposition himself, looked like Triple H rolled him up there for a minute. But then he got back on his side, and Chris Benoit tapped out the game Triple H to the Crippler Crossface to win his first ever World Heavyweight Championship in WWE. Now the iconic moment is remembered in the uh, annals of history because WWE Champion Eddie Guerrero would come to the ring after this match would take place, after the celebration was starting with the confetti falling down. Eddie Guerrero would be in the ring with his title. Benoit would be in the ring with his title as well. And both men would hug and embrace each other. In a beautiful moment that um, two wrestlers that are no longer with us um, is a moment that I'll never forget as a wrestling fan. And still to this day, um, even with the circumstances behind the Benoit murder-suicide, I still cry to that moment to this day because that match was so significant for Benoit. You just knew that it was his time. You just knew that he needed to be ready to win that championship and he did. And that was just a beautiful moment for Benoit and Guerrero to remember. So honorable mention number two, WrestleMania 20 triple threat match for the World Championship. Heartbreak Kid Shawn Michaels, rabid Wolverine Chris Benoit. In the game Triple H. My third honorable mention all-time WrestleMania main event, this one goes to WrestleMania 23, where it was the heartbreak kid Shawn Michaels challenging John Cena for the WWE Championship. Now, a year earlier, uh, John Cena would defend the WWE Championship against fellow DX member um, Triple H at the time. And this match would have significance because that was the the route that they were going to go into for this match for the WWE Championship. It would trip, be Triple H against John Cena to the WWE Championship in the main event of WrestleMania. But ultimately, Triple H's quad would rupture in January of 2007 at New Year's Revolution. Uh, he didn't get the opportunity to go into that WrestleMania main event once again, so they had to do an audible And they done a triple threat match on Raw about a month before WrestleMania to determine the number number one contender for the World Heavyweight Championship between the uh, Legend Killer Randy Orton, the Rated-R Superstar Edge, and the Heartbreak Kid Shawn Michaels. Um, Looked like uh, Edge would hit a spear on Randy Orton, and then Shawn Michaels would hit Edge with a super kick, pin uh, Randy Orton 1-2-3, And Shawn Michaels would go on to be in the main event of WrestleMania. Now, this match was classic back and forth between Shawn Michaels and John Cena the whole match. This was, I think, by far the best match that John Cena has ever wrestled in his career, with the exception of the 2011 Money in the Bank match against CM Punk. Shawn Michaels brought out the best in Cena. And uh, multiple super kicks were hit in this match. One of them for a near fall, the other one were while both men were down and that uh, led the referee to count to a nine before both men would get up to their feet. And Shawn Michaels would hit a beautiful moonsault over the top rope through the announce table and um, just a great match. And Shawn Michaels would take two uh, FUs from John Cena uh, two near falls for Cena. And then the third one Cena would hit and then he would turn it into the uh, STFU submission move and uh, Shawn Michaels would submit and John Cena would retain the WWE Championship. And that was a fantastic match that both of those men put on at WrestleMania 23 and one that I'll uh, always remember. In my time, I was about 15 years old at the time, so that was during my prime years of watching wrestling. So, the third honorable mention, HBK, John Cena, WrestleMania 23 for the WWE Championship. So, those are my three honorable mentions on this list for the top five all-time WrestleMania main events. And without further ado, let's go ahead and get going. With the top 5 Wrestlemania main events of all time. Let's start off with number 5. Wrestlemania 3. Andre the Giant challenges Hulk Hogan. For the WWF Championship. At the Pontiac Silverdome. In front of over 90,000 fans. Now this match has. A lot of historical purpose behind it. Um, Andre was undefeated entering this match. um, You know across the globe. And. We had never seen Andre not be a be a face or or not be a heel. He would always be a face entering uh, his matches, but this time he would turn on Hulk Hogan, um, ultimately destroying his necklace, bloodying his chest with his uh, hand and fingernails, and this would set up the match between Andre the Giant and Hulk Hogan at the Pontiac Silverdome in front of ninety thousand fans at WrestleMania three. Now, uh, Hulk Hogan was going for a body slam early in the match. Andre um, would uh, reverse out of it, fall down, splashing. Uh, Hogan would get out just in time at the two count, and then the match would continue. Andre would dominate throughout it, and then uh, Hulk Hogan would hoke up. He would ultimately uh, punch Andre in the face three times, one, and then two, and then three. Go off the ropes. Try to go for the big boot. Andre would reverse it, um, I believe, chopping Hogan in the chest, and then Hogan uh, done his usual no, it doesn't affect me. And then he done a power slam onto Andre, and then an iconic moment. That was the iconic moment of WrestleMania three. Hulk Hogan would uh, go off the uh, ropes, do a leg drop, pin Andre one two three. And retain the WWF Championship, so Hulk Hogan wins the WWF Championship here at WrestleMania three. He retains it over Andre the Giant, with Bobby Heenan, Bobby Heenan being the manager for Andre the Giant. So number five on my countdown of the top five WrestleMania main events of all time, Hulk Hogan versus Andre the Giant at WrestleMania three. C- coming in at number four. On the countdown, on my top five all-time WrestleMania main events, it would be the matchup between. Um, be the matchup between the Rock. No, it wasn't the Rock. Let me think about this for a minute. Yes, it would be. Yes, so number four on my countdown. Would be the matchup between, no, it'd, it'd be the matchup between Brock Lesnar and Kurt Angle at Safeco Field in Seattle, Washington at WrestleMania 19. Sorry, I had to think about that for just a minute. I couldn't remember if I ranked one ahead of the other. But number four on the countdown is the main event of WrestleMania 19 for the WWE Championship between Brock Lesnar and Kurt Angle. Kurt Angle entered the match as the WWE Champion, he had held the championship. I believe since December of that year, after he defeated the Big Show at Armageddon in 2002, held the title for four months, entering that event, defeating the likes of Chris Benoit and uh, I believe it was John Cena at the time leading into this WrestleMania. And uh, a great matchup between these two because Brock Lesnar was the NCAA heavyweight wrestling champion, Kurt Angle, of course, known for great freestyle wrestling as well, winning the Olympic gold medal in 1996 with a broken freaking neck, as he would always say, of course. Um, But this match was fantastic, hard-hitting affair. Brock Lesnar would hit two fives on the Kurt Angle. Kurt Angle would kick out of both of them. And uh, Angle would hit two angle slams on the Lesnar. Uh, Lesnar would kick out of both the lows. Uh was looking as if angle was poised to retain the championship with an ankle lock onto lesnar Lesnar would uh boot out of it get up d d t Kurt angle, and then he would go to the top rope in a moment that I'll never forget. He stands on the top rope he's a uh nearly a three hundred pound man, and he had done this several times in o v w before he came up to WWE, had had not done it in WWE to that point. He would go for a shooting star press onto Kurt Angle, would miss the spot, hit his arm across Kurt Angle's chest. That would be all, about all of his hits, almost like a, a shooting star press headbutt that he would hit. And uh, Kurt Angle would get up, try to go for the angle slam, Lesnar would reverse it, hit a third F5 onto Kurt Angle, And Brock Lesnar would get the pin 1-2-3 and become the WWE Champion for the second time after winning it at SummerSlam 2002 against The Rock in a legendary match. So, my number 4 match all time in the WrestleMania main event countdown, Brock Lesnar versus Kurt Angle at WrestleMania 19. Going in at number 3 on my countdown of the WrestleMania main events of all time, it it goes to WrestleMania 17 between Stone Cold Steve Austin and The Rock. Of course, The Rock would enter this match as WWF champion after having defeated Kurt Angle in a fantastic wrestling match at No Way Out 2001. Stone Cold Steve Austin would come into this match having lost a three stages of hell match against the game Triple H at No Way Out. And it was very interesting to see the dynamic between these two entering this match. You knew that it meant so much to both The Rock and Stone Cold Steve Austin to be the very best in this business. And Austin knew that he had to beat The Rock to uh, get back to the pedestal of being the very best in the business. And this match would go back and forth, um, brawls throughout the crowd in the uh, Astrodome. Would get back to the ring. Austin would uh, hit multiple moves on the Rock. Rock would do the same to Austin. Rock would hit a people's elbow on the Austin. Austin would kick out. Austin would go for a stunner. Rock would reverse it into a stunner of his own. Uh, st- uh Austin would kick out. uh, Austin go would go for the Rock Bottom. Hit it. Uh, the Rock would kick out. Austin would hit a stunner. Rock would kick out of that. And then the Rock would go for a Rock Bottom on Austin. Austin would kick out. Austin would go for a second stunner, hit it, Rock would kick out of it, and then a moment that will never be uh forgotten in my mind happened. The uh owner of the World Wrestling Federation at the time, Vince McMahon, would come down to the ring and would uh, hand Stone Cold Steve Austin a steel chair. Now A lot of fans remember the great rivalry between Vince McMahon and Stone Cold Steve Austin. This is like, well, why is Vince doing this? Why is he wanting to help Stone Cold Steve Austin out? That really doesn't make a lot of sense here. Um, Ultimately, Stone Cold would hit many, many chair shots onto the rock, pin him 1-2-3 for the WWF Championship, and then Stone Cold Steve Austin and Vince McMahon would shake hands at the end of this match to form the alliance and the uh, great tandem known as the two-man power trip. And he done that with the game Triple H. And it was kind of a ruse on all the fans at the time. You really didn't understand why this was taking place, but you knew later that it would have historical purposes, and it definitely belonged. So the number three match on my all-time countdown of WrestleMania main events belongs to the WWF Championship match at WrestleMania 17 between Stone Cold Steve Austin and The Rock. Coming in at number two on the countdown of my all-time WrestleMania main events, it is the 60-minute Iron Man match between the Heartbreak Kid Shawn Michaels and the Hitman Bret Hart from WrestleMania 12 at the Anaheim Pond. Now, this match was uh, slated to be a matchup to where you can earn... um, points in the match by pinfall, submission, count-out, or disqualification. Neither man, uh, both men would ultimately try to get each other counted out, We'd try to go for submission victories. Neither man could get it. Um, Shawn Michaels would be in the sharpshooter for the last 30 seconds of the match, would never submit. match would end at a draw. And then Gorilla Monsoon, the World Wrestling Federation commissioner at the time, made the determination that the match would not end in a draw, that it would go to sudden death, and the first man to pick up a fall would be the winner and the WWF champion. Bret Hart comes back into the ring storming, not very happy with this decision, uh, looks at the referee, Earl Hebner, and says, Why are we doing this? You know, we ended the match in a draw. Earl says, I, I really don't know why we're doing this. So we go at it. Uh, Bret Hart charges in. Shawn Michaels hits a sweet chin music just as he sees Bret Hart re-entering the ring. Shawn Michaels pins him. One, two, three. And that would be the first World Wrestling Federation Championship that Shawn Michaels would win in his career. He would be a four-time world champion in the business. So Shawn Michaels, your new WWF champion. It was a fun match to watch, uh, really a great technical wrestling uh, display by both men throughout the match, and both men would get their big moves in towards the end of the match in the last five minutes. It would end in the draw, and then on sudden death, Shawn Michaels would hit the sweet chin music for the win. So Shawn Michaels, your new WWF champion at the end of WrestleMania 12, and indeed the boyhood dream would come true. And that, without further ado, leads us to our number one countdown in the all-time WrestleMania main events of all time. And this one uh, really is definitely well-earned and well-placed. The number one match main event all-time at WrestleMania, in my opinion, is WrestleMania 26, the career versus streak match between the Heartbreak Kid Shawn Michaels and the Phenom, The Undertaker. Now, a year earlier at WrestleMania 25, they done battle in a match that was middle of the card, but really was the main event of the show, in my opinion. Uh, Both men brought out the very best in one another. Um, It was a great back-and-forth match where both men would hit their finishing maneuvers, hit their signature moves, and ultimately Shawn Michaels would go for a moonsault off the top rope. Undertaker would reverse it into a tombstone piledriver in the middle of the ring, pin him 1-2-3, and would go to 17-0 at WrestleMania. You could tell that this would eat at Shawn Michaels throughout the next year, and ultimately at the Slammies in December of 2009, he said that, I, I do want one more match with The Undertaker. I feel like I've got a great opportunity to beat him, and I feel like it's the, t- the right timing for it. Uh, Undertaker was the world champion at the time, so the only way Shawn Michaels was going to get the match is if he won the Royal Rumble. That ultimately did not happen. Shawn Michaels would make to the final four of that Royal Rumble before getting knocked out by Chris Jericho. And ultimately, Shawn Michaels would have to take matters into his own hands. He would. He would interfere in the World Heavyweight Championship match at Elimination Chamber 2010, costing The Undertaker the World Heavyweight Championship, and this would lead to the match where Shawn Michaels would put his career on the line. That would be the only way The Undertaker would accept the match. Shawn Michaels accepted, and then boom, we had the main event of WrestleMania 26, career versus streak, Shawn Michaels versus Undertaker, and this match, just like their match at WrestleMania 25, went back and forth, It wasn't as fluid as the WrestleMania 25 match, but I felt like this match was uh, very strong as well. Definitely was well-deserved to be the main event of WrestleMania 26, uh, simply because I just don't see John Cena and Batista uh, being able to be in that spot ahead of Shawn Michaels and The Undertaker at the time. Although both men were multi-time world champions at the time, I just felt like this match was very well-placed. So we go into it. Both men would hit their moves early on. Uh Shawn Michaels would hit a sweet chin music on the Undertaker. Undertaker would kick out. Undertaker would hit a last ride on Shawn Michaels. Shawn Michaels would kick out. Undertaker would hit a choke slam. Um Shawn Michaels would kick out of that. Uh Shawn Michaels would go for the elbow drop off the top rope, hit it, Undertaker would kick out of that. And uh Shawn Michaels would go for another sweet chin music, he connects. But it's not as flush as you as you would think. Undertaker kicks out at two. Undertaker hits the tombstone. Shawn Michaels kicks out at two. And then uh, towards the end of the match, you could just see the uh, career was getting ready to end for Shawn Michaels. You could just tell that he was almost out of gas. Uh, gave the Undertaker's signature taunt to him, um, uh, holding himself up on Undertaker's knee. Undertaker would uh, scoop him up hit him with a ginormous tombstone pile driver that was spiked very well and placed nicely. One, two, three in the middle of the ring. Both men would shake each other's hands. Both men would give each other a hug. And The Undertaker would leave the stage to Shawn Michaels to uh, fair, give a farewell to the fans, and that's exactly what he'd done. Shawn Michaels' career would end on that date, March 28, 2010, until he would have a match... With uh, his fellow DX member Triple H against the Brothers of Destruction, Kane and The Undertaker at the Greatest Royal Rumble, or excuse me, Crown Jewel in 2018. So the number one match all time in my eyes for uh, WrestleMania main events is the WrestleMania 26 main event, Career vs. Streak, Shawn Michaels versus The Undertaker. That's my countdown if y'all have anything to uh um say about it uh you can record- uh you can um send me messages on my twitter account it's on e t considers e t c all capitalized um you can follow that twitter account for more information there and uh, give me your thoughts on who's the top five uh, all time WrestleMania main events and why do you think they should be placed the way that they are? And then give me your three honorable mention matches as well. Um, This is a great topic to have, especially this week in uh, the lead-up to WrestleMania. And it should be a lot of fun to see how this WrestleMania 36 will go. Um, There's been some changes to the card. Um, Ultimately, um, Roman Reigns did not want to risk his health due to his uh, previous bouts with leukemia. Smart decision on his part, so he will not be in the main event of WrestleMania 36 against Goldberg. Sorry for spoiling that for people if they haven't heard already. Uh, The uh, Universal Championship match at WrestleMania now will be between uh, Braun Strowman and Bill Goldberg. Should be a very good match there. Uh, The WWE Championship match is still slated to take place between Drew McIntyre and Brock Lesnar. Intercontinental Championship will be on the line between Sami Zayn and Daniel Bryan. The uh, Raw Tag Team Championships will be on the line as the Street Profits defend against Angel Garza and now Austin Theory will be on the WrestleMania card. The uh, SmackDown Tag Team Championships were set to be defended in a triple threat match. Ultimately, The Miz was sick, so he's not able to participate, so it'll be a triple threat ladder match between John Morrison Jey Uso, and Kofi Kingston. That should be a very good match. Um, Also, we'll have the Raw Women's Championship match between Shayna Baszler and Becky Lynch. SmackDown Women's Championship will be on the line in a fatal five-way elimination match. It will be Bayley defending the championship against Sasha Banks, Naomi, Lacey Evans, and Tamina. That should be a very good match as well. Also, we'll have The Undertaker versus AJ Styles in a Boneyard match. We'll have Edge versus Randy Orton in a Last Man Standing match. Kevin Owens versus Seth Rollins. We'll also see um, multiple more matches taking place at WrestleMania, but those are the major matches that are going to be taking place. It'll be set for two nights, and it'll be from 7 p.m. to 10.30 p.m. each night saturday and sunday april 4th and 5th so definitely uh get the wwe network if you haven't got it already uh it's ten dollars a month and you can watch all the pay-per-views that have been uh performed by wwe in the past and watch all the live pay-per-views as well along with um historical documentaries uh award-winning um monday night raw and friday night smackdown episodes from the past as well and their new series, Ruthless Aggression. So definitely a lot to uh, check out on the WWE Network. Uh, It's definitely the best bargain for wrestling fans in history, so check that out. And we'll also uh, check out WrestleMania here coming up on the ET Considers Everything podcast next week. I'll be writing down results from WrestleMania and talking about the matches in some detail. So that's going to do it for this segment on the ET Considers Everything podcast for Monday, March 30th, 2020. Discussing the top five WrestleMania main event matches of all time that went on last. Coming up next on the final segment of the ET Considers Everything podcast today, we'll be talking about the impact that the coronavirus has had on not only the sports world, but the state of Virginia and the nation as a whole and what we can do better to help the people that are in need right now that are hurting due to this coronavirus. So stay tuned, ladies and gentlemen. Still a lot more to get to here on this final segment coming up next here on the ET Considers Everything podcast. Thank you so much for joining and listening today, ladies and gentlemen. Really appreciate all the support each and every week that you have on this podcast. We're back here on the ET Considers Everything podcast for Monday, March 30th, 2020. And during this closing segment, I'd like to talk about, you know, some of the sports events that have been affected by the coronavirus and, you know, some of the people that have been affected by it as well. And then how the state of Virginia as a whole has been affected by it and how our nation is still coping with it as well. So let's get going with this topic uh, first off, I'd like to talk about the events that would be going on right now if the coronavirus had not impacted our nation. Uh, this week's events would be as follows. The NCAA Final Four for both the men's and the women's basketball championships would be going on. We'd also be having the uh, WrestleMania 36 at the Raymond James Stadium in Tampa Bay, Florida as opposed to being at the Performance Center instead. We'd have uh, NBA season still going on right now, NHL season still going on right now. The Bristol race for the NASCAR Cup Series would be this weekend. Um, The IndyCar Series would be getting underway very shortly with the Grand Prix of Indianapolis. And uh, multiple other sporting events would be going on as well, including locally we would have multiple home games for both Highland Cavaliers softball and baseball this weekend at Cavalier Field and Stallard Field, respectively. But unfortunately, due to the coronavirus, uh, those events have all been canceled or postponed to a later date. And uh, in the case of the South Atlantic Conference for the UVA-wise Highland Cavaliers, our spring sports season has been canceled as has the NCAA. So, you know, it's a very tough um, thing to talk about. And there's a lot of student athletes out there that I've become very good friends with and that I have a lot of respect for. Uh, several of them are on, on our campus at UVA Wise. Um, Greg Duncan, He's he was an intern with the Sports Information Office for a couple of years and uh, one of our best pitchers on the baseball team. Unfortunately, he won't be able to finish out his senior season um, for the Highland Cavaliers. And it's very sad. Greg is a, a very strong-willed, well-mannered individual who's always given his best, no matter what the game, no matter what the situation has. And he's been a broadcaster with our Highland Cavalier um, Sports Network team of Steve Curran, Zach Hilton, Daryl dingus Ely, myself, uh, Chris Davis, just a lot of different people involved with that. And Greg's done a great job there. Another one that's been affected by this is, uh, one of our best lacrosse players that we've had in the history of our college. And that is our, uh, captain Jesse French for the lacrosse team. And, uh, Frenchie is a special young lady. She has, uh, definitely achieved a lot in her time at UVA wise, winning multiple mountain East conference regular season and tournament championships with the the lacrosse squad. And she had a career year last year was building upon that legacy this season. But unfortunately her season was cut short after the Florida road trip for the lacrosse team. And they cleared out their locker room on that Tuesday, um, when all this coronavirus news was starting to break. And I feel real bad for Frenchie. She uh, was always so kind to come and help us out. No matter what it would be. Whether it be at football. Helping out with uh, um, keeping up with the scores on the EVAY scores app. Or coming to basketball to help out on the pregame show. Or helping run stats. and um, To the benches. Just... Frenchie would do everything that she uh, was in her power to do. And you don't see many that get that opportunity. And those are just two examples. There's many more that I'm going to think about. Uh, The third and last one that I'll mention here is uh, Nikki Smith. Nikki Smith was our uh, senior shortstop for the softball team. And she was a worker in... A prior center for Chris Davis as well. And this young lady would go far above and beyond the call of duty of anything that she could do. She was uh, always a fun, energetic, um, sweet lady that always just enjoyed hanging around and just being around what was going on. And I'm so thankful that I got the opportunity to know um, Nikki because, you know, we, we would uh, cross paths uh, multiple times at softball. I was announcing softball games up at the college and uh, her working in the prior Center. She'd always be like, hey, T, how you doing? Uh, good to see you. All that, you know, always keeping a good eye on me. and That, that meant the world. Uh, there's not many athletes that uh, would come to you and say, hey, how you doing? Checking about your day. But she would and Jesse would do the same, and Greg would do the same as well. And those are just three examples of spring sport athletes that are not being able to finish their uh, sporting careers out for the college due to this COVID-19 epidemic, and it's just sad. But we all know it is for the best, and we all know that this impacts us different than uh, any other region. You know the college is really a mecca of you know sporting events and you know events that help bring philanthropy to the region and help bring high school athletic events to the, the college as well. You know they bring um, you know high school baseball regionals, high school softball regionals, high school basketball regionals are played there. District tournaments are played there for high school basketball. We'd we'd host the region D. Um, a football championship um, games for uh, local colleges or local high schools that wanted to play up at the college. And, you know, it's a big deal. Coronavirus has took out a lot of that, um, you know, potential growth that the college could have. But ultimately it is for the best. And ultimately we just have to stray strong as individuals, live our life, The best way we know how to keep ourselves quarantined in our homes, except when we need to go out to the store or um, to a doctor's appointment or something along those lines. And just, you know, be here for one another. That's what's most important during all this. It's, It's not about being selfish. It's about helping one another out. And as long as we do that, then I know that everything will work out for the best. We have to take it day by day, folks. This thing is not going to go away quick. I'll go ahead and tell you right now. This coronavirus has affected a lot of people in this nation. I'd say we're up to over 75,000 cases nationally. Over 1,000 cases alone of it here in the state of Virginia. And um, two of them locally in Lee County. And... It's a rough time we're living in right now, but it's nothing that we can't overcome as long as we're continuing to be smart, as long as we're continuing to do what we love, and as long as we're continuing to be there for the people that we love. As long as we do that, then everything will fall back into place. While I've been off at the college, I've been doing a daily uh, Today in Sports History column I've got to come, I've got to go back and catch back up with it from this past weekend. I was real busy this past weekend doing other things, but um, I'm going to catch back up with it. And then I've been reading a lot of daily devotionals that have helped uh, strengthen my relationship, not only with my family, but it's helped strengthen my relationship with the Lord. And I know that's very important right now during these tough times. We need to be close to God. We need to thank him for his mercy on us, and we just need to allow him to help bring his touch onto our nation, onto this world, and help him know what we're going through and that with his assurance we know that everything will be okay. And that ultimately is the case. So there's over 10,000, excuse me, over 1,000 cases of it here in Southwest in Virginia as a state, as a whole, right now. Over 75,000 cases of it nationally and growing each day. And uh, hopefully it can be contained by the summer. I truly hope so. Because I've missed being able to talk to my friends at the college. You know, um, Chris Davis, Nick Marshall, Corey Sanchez, And my boss, Daryl Dingus-Ely, all four of those men um, are a part of my lunch crew that I go to lunch with every day. And I work in Daryl's office, obviously, so I see him each day. But those five men, you know, those four men, including myself, are so important to my daily ability to be able to talk about what's going on in my life and to, you know, discuss what's going on. And I miss them. And uh, I hope that we, we'll all get together to be soon. I hope we all get together soon and everything will be on the back burner by then. I sure hope so. But until then, we have to be patient with this COVID-19, let it play out, and then hopefully the curve will be flattened by the time we get to summer and fall. Until that takes place, we have to take the precautions seriously and do everything in our manner to make sure that we can be strong as individuals. So, we'll see how everything will go here in the next month or so. Hopefully, things will get straightened out. But I did see today that the governor has extended the the, uh, stay-at-home mandate and put a stay-at-home mandate in, I believe up until May 30th now, instead of uh, uh, April 30th. Uh, I feel like that's a strong move, strong call by him, but it needs to be done. And hopefully people will understand that you don't need to go out all the time. If you wanna get out and go for a walk on your own, go right ahead. But you don't always need to be in a crowd. And that's what's most important during this time realizing the guidelines, and understanding what's going on. So there's my thoughts on the coronavirus and what we can do to help contain it. I just don't know really what else to say on it besides that right now. And like I said, I hope I can be back with my sports information office employer and employees very soon up at the college and be back in our our athletic department helping out. But until then, we'll continue to do our work from home and doing what we love here. And that's all we can do. So with that being said, ladies and gentlemen, that's going to do it for this edition of the ET Considers Everything podcast for Monday, March 30th, 2020. Uh, if y'all don't mind, uh, share this podcast with your friends. I'm on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Pocket Cast, wherever you get your podcast at, I'm there. You can also check out the Twitter account for this podcast, it's at ET Considers, capital E, capital T, and capital C, and you can follow me on Twitter normally, I'm at BubbaTie1, capital B, and capital T, and there you'll find a lot of retweets about sports news, wrestling news, and just things that I like to talk about in general, so... With that being said, ladies and gentlemen, that's going to do it for this edition of the ET considers everything podcast. Thank you all so much for listening to this edition today, really a fun show and one that I have really enjoyed recording and I'll catch you all here on the next edition of the ET considers everything podcast. Believe it or not, it will be episode number 50 of the ET considers everything podcast. So we'll plan out a big episode there. And until then, I'll catch you next time, ladies and gentlemen. Have a great rest of your evening, everybody.